Well, hello and welcome to Round the Kitchen Table podcast with me, Mandy Baker, where I have those great chats with friends and colleagues that often happen when we are sitting round a kitchen table. You know, the ones that are about life, the world and the universe. Some are deep, some are just funny with no purpose, but all of them leave you wanting to do it all over again. It's always interesting learning about what people think, what different views people have, and also hearing about their world. Who isn't interested in that? Or is that just me being nosy? I'm joined occasionally by my partner in crime, Kirsty, to hear what we've been up to and what pickles we've got ourselves into. A lot of my chats focus on well-being, as I have a love about finding out how we all strive to be happy, healthy humans. So sit down at your table, get a drink, cup of tea, glass of wine, anything you fancy, and enjoy the chat. So this is a great episode where I interview Sam Adams. It was done as a Facebook Live, so please uh, apologies for the chat sometimes in the middle, which might be mentioning comments that we had on the Facebook Live. But I hope you really enjoy it. We cover loads of topics Sam is the real life coach. She gives people back their mojo, their confidence, and to take on most tasks and become unstuck in life and build confidence. We touch on the subject of Black Lives Matter at the end of the episode. It's a really interesting one, so please enjoy. So I think we're live. I like to do a little check to see that we've got everything going on. As we should do. <laughs> you never really know. And it's always a lovely, it does say, meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. I'd like to do a little check. Oh, there we are. I am. <laughs> I was, it always amazes me, Sam, that I managed to, you know, stream this on Facebook. <laughs> Who knew this could happen? The skills we all have now that we didn't have however many Go. Anyway, so I will introduce you, Sam Adams, the real life coach, who has had loads of things going on in the last couple of weeks. Sam and I met um, due to a mastermind group that I'm helping the wonderful Shah Wisman run, and Sam is part of. So we've only really known each other about 11 weeks, haven't we? And never met in real person, no. or real person, real life. And um, but I feel really close to you. You know, I think it has been a, a bizarre time, hasn't it? On um, lockdown, the you know, I feel really close to all the girls in the uh, mastermind group, and I've only met a handful of them in real life. Yeah, I think that's it's that kind of um, anyway. Good morning, everybody, and anyone that's watching this. Um, yeah, I think when you do, it's quite intense, isn't it? A mastermind, or it can be. So I think you spend. Although it's over Zoom, it, we share and it's quite, it's a confidential group. So we share a lot of our feelings and our thoughts. And I think that just brings you all together and you, you get to know people quite quickly, don't you? Yeah, masterminds are brilliant, aren't they? You know, they're oh, I've never done one. No, and I've been looking for one and it kind of just was all serendipitous, this whole situation, how I got to be on Shah's uh, mastermind. And it was obviously just meant to be. And I'm like... It's ending in June and I don't want it to end. <laughs> no, no. It's like, um, it's hard because endings make you appreciate how fantastic things have been, don't they? Things go yeah. on forever, you don't get that excitement. And I'm sure 
uh, we will all work together in the future and hopefully Shah will come up with something for everybody to think but it's been absolutely brilliant and yeah, um, I just great. love the ethos of the group and I'm pretty I know that you do as well because you wouldn't be you wouldn't have a, mar a membership site if you didn't but it's yeah. the power of that knowledge everyone's got knowledge haven't they and we've all got a little bit and we can help each other and yeah. uh, it's really been like that in the group hasn't it everybody's got different knowledge we've, we've got quite a few um, PR and journalists in the group haven't yeah. we been really useful yeah, it's been, there's a quite a diverse mix of people isn't there? a couple of coaches like say PR um, sort of hair and beauty kind of um, category um, so it's very mixed, but we can all bring something and all and all help help each other. So um, I can't see me not wanting to be part of one now, really, because you know oh, it's no. been so beneficial. So yeah. I mentioned that you are the real life coach, yeah, and which I love because you know life is what we all try and navigate, don't we? So what led you to become the real life coach? Um, <clears throat> the name or just being one. <laughs> How did you get <clears throat> how did you get to this part of your life what make what, what's happened to make you become a coach now well i um, i started in business about just over 20 years ago mm -hmm. my first business was network marketing business and that's where i got into personal development and self-growth and all of that so that was that was great i loved all of that and all that energy and so i've always been into personal development and i first started speaking in my network marketing business i ended up speaking in front of about 500 people back then and i loved it and then i really i realized that I, back then that i loved helping people um but i didn't actually go down any coaching route or mentoring route i just went down business and i started in property um 20 years ago and um developing doing loft conversions then i did all kinds of different strategies and property lease options sobs and things like that which aren't allowed anymore um, and then in 2005, just a kind of turn of a uh, tragic kind of turn of events in our family, I um, started to build a buy select portfolio. Um, so I changed what I was doing completely in, in the property world anyway. Um, and then I did start to do a little bit of coaching, mentoring, helping people new into property um, who want to do different strategies and supporting them, which I enjoyed. But the thing that I enjoyed most about it and what I realized most about it was that actually as my brand says it starts with you it's about the person um and, and it's developing them so there's no business growth without personal growth um and that was the bit that i loved the personal development more so than the property stuff so it kind of and then i sort of buggered off to spain for a few years so i've got a couple of <laughs> in spain um so i ended up in spain and i and i did a bit of coaching online from spain and stuff like that but it, i just realized that i was more i felt like i could just i wanted it to be more general more motivational really mm -hmm. um and then i started to end up coming back spending more and more time here because i've got aspirations of doing lots and lots of speaking and speaking on big stages and things like that and it's very difficult to do that from spain um so i came back last year to kind of pursue my overall goal i guess really and um and now sort of i help people general like you know people that are in business so um, but are aware that it comes from self first um and understand that they need to develop themselves and also people that you know just need to kick up the mojo it's like <laughs> um, so it's, it's more general that every now and again don't we <laughs> yeah absolutely. well you know we do because life is no one said life is fair 
Um, and it certainly ain't fair at times and it's certainly hard at times and that you are your own best asset. So you have to work on you so that you can navigate and manage all of these things that life will throw at you. It doesn't matter. You know, I want, I used to try, I had a period in my life where I tried to tiptoe my way through life. I was like, keep my head down. I just want an easy life. I don't want to cause any uh, friction or anything like that. But it was boring. It was so boring. And you know what? Problems and I'm going to swear, problems and shit still found me, even though I was trying to keep my head down and play it safe. Life still finds you. You know, problems still find you. So if that is the case for us all, which I believe it is, you just as well get off your butt and go and do what it is that you want to do. I love that because there is no way you can avoid real life happening to you, is it? Mm -hmm. And um, I think especially as far as mental resilience is concerned, we're so, we talk about things once problems have happened, there's a bit more happened from the resilience point of view, aren't you? You know, yeah. you're building that up so that we know that bad times will happen, but you're, you know you've got skills to be able to pull yourself up and out of that and have somebody like you on their side. Absolutely. The thing is, you know, you build resilience through challenges or well, how you manage them, really, because, you know, if you if you learn to, to develop your skills and your toolbox for, for challenges, you, when you go into the next one, which you will, you'll be better equipped. So you, I know it's hard to embrace challenges and when the doo-doo hits the fan, it really, really is. And to look at it and think this is an opportunity, but your mindset going into it or when you're in it, you know, is absolutely crucial. You can have a fixed mindset. Uh, around it but if you can if you can have a growth mindset and understand that actually I'm going to grow through this I'm going to learn through this I'm going to get some skills and I will come out better then that's amazing and your resilience will be so much more robust and you'll build it up so much quicker as well rather than actually fighting reality and you know and having a fixed mind around it excuse me if that makes sense it does make perfect sense. <laughs> That's what I love about when I listen to you talking, and I imagine when you talk in front of people, it's exactly the same. Um, and on that note, you know, you've done a couple of radio interviews recently as well, but you always just have nice, down-to-earth, normal, easy-to-understand advice. You know, it's not only you're not only making people, <laughs> but you also think actually, yeah, I get that. I can see. I can see how that would happen. So you mentioned yeah. about speaking. So I know that you're uh, heavily involved in uh, building your membership for um, your. Uh, this happens every every Friday. My husband leaves about this time every Friday. Say hi, bye. But I know that you've done um, a couple of speaking gigs recently as well, which for some people that would be so out of their comfort zone. You yeah. Know, I, I know really confident business people who just would not want to speak in public. So how do you, do you, you know, how do you get over those nerves? Do you have a little bit of nerves or is it just something that it's, it's in your comfort zone, it's fine? No, I, I do get nervous. You know, look, speaking is, I get terribly nervous to be quite honest with you. And I've actually, um, backed out of a couple of speaking gigs. One was about five, one really sits in my mind, it was about five years ago. Um, and it's all about me valuing myself and, and uh, feeling good enough, I guess. And I got offered an opportunity to speak at quite a big event and um, to be the motivational speaker. And I just, I backed out. I just came up with some excuse. And because I was just, I, I just got myself in such a mess over it 
that I wasn't good enough, that why did they want me? And I was going to make a fool of myself and all of that. Um, so I, I totally get it. If anyone feels like that, I really understand. Yeah, I have these aspirations to be a world-class yourself. Yeah, like sometimes I think, what am I doing with this? You know, but um, the only way to improve your confidence in anything is action. You know, is to go and do it. That's the only way you're gonna, you know, improve your confidence. And um, I don't know whether when the penny dropped with me with that, but it has dropped massively. And that's just what I tell myself. If I want to get better, if I want to be world class at this, if I, you know, I will, you know, one of the dreams is to travel more and travel around speaking. Um, then I have to just do it. And you can apply that to anything you know if you want to learn to ride a bike reading all the books in the world ain't going to make you learn to ride you know not gonna be able to ride a bike you've got to go and do and you've got to fall off and get back on and fall off and get back on um and th and that's that's how you do it I, I do get nervous but it's good nerves and i and i try and channel that into uh when i speak you know you know i just use that energy i mean you know me i'm quite i'm quite hyper i've got a lot of energy so there's even more energy because i'm nervous <laughs> so i usually I can before imagine. i speak now i usually sorry i can imagine it all bubbling underneath yeah yeah and i'm like oh my god and i usually kind of pre-frame my talk with look i do have a lot of energy but i'm also nervous so there'll be even more energy until i settle down just, just nice with me. as well, isn't it? It's a good tactic to say to people, actually, I'm really nervous because you yeah. put it out there and that's okay. And then everyone suddenly has got that um, feeling for you that they want you to do really well out of it. And you know that, and it's a great tactic yeah. to use. So I imagine you talk to your members a lot about comfort zone stuff because we know, don't we, that that's where yeah. the changes yes. happen, the best Absolutely. things happen. Yeah, and we have to, you know, and it's keeping those things at the forefront of your mind. A bit like the speaking and, and confidence. Confidence comes from action, you know, uh, and comfort comes from discomfort. You know, if you want to feel comfortable about something, you've got to go through the discomfort. Um, and of course, you, like I say, you can try and avoid it all you want, but sometimes life will push you into it without you um, having much control over it. Um, but we can actually put ourselves into it intentionally and, um, and use that knowing that actually on the other side of that is I will say on the other side of that is the nirvana because you know what it's like when you you want to do something and you put yourself out there and it's completely out of your comfort zone and you feel completely uncomfortable um, but when you get through it whether you fail 10 times during it but the 11th time you achieve it that feeling on the other side of that is epic it's just amazing it's the nirvana that you want and I you know I've applied that to speaking many many times and I've come off stage or done a talk and I'm just like, I'm like euphoric, you know, I want to bottle that. You can't, have, you can't have the euphoria without having the nerves before, can you? But as There's you say, no rainbow without the rain. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a bit like, um, you know, when you've got an online business as well, it's quite a lonely thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And there's lots of parts to it that are difficult to understand and you have to try stuff out and it's the same thing isn't it it is and especially for you you're selling you to people aren't you so it's hard it's completely different from property isn't it you know property you just didn't do and all of that whereas you're saying i want you to put your faith in me because i know that i can make you feel better yeah. and it's hard isn't it but it again is. you're putting yourself out you're putting yourself out there sam you know and <laughs> 
the euphoria will come a bit like going on the radio i know that that was like a really brilliant thing as well and again you were nervous before but then you know the euphoria afterwards you're going to be a pro by the time the the month's <laughs> out <laughs> but it's like, and I, I say to anyone just just do it just, you know just get on and do it you know you are who knows um you know like coronavirus it just came out of nowhere we didn't know it was coming it sideswiped us you know and if it's taught us anything it should have taught us that we don't know what's around the corner you know i had, I've had a few things in my life but when the in my business life um my sister's partner died he you know, monday he got sick sunday he was dead it changed oh. completely changed our life you know my sister had a small little four month old baby and that kind of changed my mindset about life and that you just don't know what's around the corner so you know i always say to people you know in my membership group or whatever you know you don't know what's around the corner and i got taught that in 2005 but you know coronavirus just can teach you you don't know what's around the corner so and hopefully it's taught you you can manage on less you can be really resourceful when your back's against the wall you're more you've got power and potential so get out there and do whatever it is that you want to do because you do not know what's going to happen tomorrow next week next year or whenever none of us do no and I, I know it sounds a ridiculous thing to say but it wasn't until my dad died that I realized how I know this does sound ridiculous how final death is and um something as shocking as that we we had a good friend yes. die about 20 years ago literally one morning from a heart attack and as you say you think mm. well, I saw him on Friday. That can't be right, and and it is. You yeah. know, you do take that after all the grief and the hurt and the shock. You do take that with you in life, don't you? That you just never know. You never know, and someone might be on their uppers one minute and then not, and then other people are on lower. You know, not so happy, not so many good things happening, and then suddenly something happens and it all comes right. So, yeah. I think you mentioned before flexibility of mind. You know, that's really important, isn't it? I do, yeah, I do say that a lot. And uh, when I, I in the membership group that I've got, it's, it's a club now, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> no, club. no, I keep forgetting myself. I keep calling it a group, but we're a club now. We've we've got branding and everything. Real life club. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, real life club. Um, we had the month of May was Resilience Month, um, and and the month of June is all about confidence. Um, and and I talked in there, you know, um, about. One of the biggest things for your resilience is learning to be flexible and adaptable to situations. When you're rigid and you're rooted and you're fixed, you, you snap, you know, and you break. Uh, and uh, but if you can f be flexible and adjust and learn to, you know, adjust the set of your sail, then you know that is really great at building your resilience and helping you navigate your way through challenges and, and situations. I think that's one of your secret powers as well, Sam. Whenever I watch your lives, you come up with really good sayings. Oh, no. You know when somebody says an analogy and you just think, oh, I get that now. Yeah, yeah. Because that is a talent, getting people to understand. You know, you can talk the hind legs off a donkey, can't you? Yeah. If you don't get a message across or you don't teach somebody something you know you can talk for as long thing but you say sayings that you can really click on to and you yes, think well, i can't remember what the one i watched one of your lives on saturday morning and you were well i was wholly impressed by the fact you were doing a live you were cycling at the same time along gorgeous brighton seafront where you live yeah. and you were <laughs> and i don't think this is illegal you were I able to look at comments and answer us all at the same time. Cycle lane. <laughs> that was legal. I was in the cycle lane. I had my helmet on. 
It's legal. But the set of the sale is a really good one and it comes from Jim Rohn and he was one of my um, first mentors. I obviously didn't know that, but I used to, just, I absorbed all of his stuff in the early days. And if you think you set out to sea and you ship and you set your sail and then a storm comes along and you keep your sail set, what are you going to do? What is going to happen? The storm is going to get you. It's going to get you and it's going to take you out. Unless you adjust your sail, you're going down. Do you know what I, I mean? I love that analogy. I love that analogy. I don't think Jim Rohn quite said it like that. <laughs> Not nearly as good as you, I don't think. <laughs> so we know there's plenty of room in the market for a strong woman who is happy to speak in public. Yeah. Also, this week's been a big week, hasn't it, Sam? And yeah. you've been part of the, the mastermind group we're in. Um, took a different turn on Monday because of world events and we're really lucky in the group that we've got a, we've got a diversity haven't we I wouldn't say it, yeah. was, it you know it's better than most um, groups that I'm yeah. in I have to say um, so and Shah is um, a big advocate of that you know she does have a wide diverse audience doesn't she she does yeah um, because of her views and she's bless her has worn herself out this week fighting the good fight but you spoke to us so eloquently about Black Lives Matter and you then got invited onto BBC Sussex didn't you to speak about it as well yeah and, um, we were talking a bit earlier weren't we about you know you you do have to um, on such an emotional subject which on Monday you very kindly shared a lot of your experiences um, as a child teenager life everything and as you say still goes on now mm -hmm. But it was so enlightening for the rest of the group, for white women in the group. Yeah. Because we can think that we're as broad-minded as anything, but there's nothing like listening to stories that people are telling you because that is not anything like my life was. I've never experienced anything like that. But that doesn't mean that I can't understand it if somebody tells me the story. Mm. And throughout the week, Sam, the biggest message that I've had got back from women like me who don't have enough of a diversity in their life was people are afraid to talk about things and that seems to have really changed this week hasn't it it's been really good and yeah there's been a lot yeah there's been a lot of it's been an exhausting week from that yeah. you know, I've had a big week my kids turned 21 um we had all of the black lives matter stuff going on I've been on the radio um yeah it's just it's just been a roller coaster of a week but I yeah, there, there seems to be more dialogue. Um, and look, I, I can't expect, you know, my message is say something, do something. If you don't understand or you don't know what to say, or you don't know what words to use, then just say it. But I can't force that on anyone else because actually Monday was the first time that I spoke out. You know, obviously I spoke within the mastermind, which is a private confidential group, and I know that doesn't go anywhere else. But actually, I then went on my own Facebook Live in the evening once it, well, I'd ruminated on it all, and I spoke from my heart about my experiences. And I've never, ever done that. I never, I never, ever speak about it. But the worst thing is that actually I've never challenged anyone um, who's been racist to me or said unkind comments or whatever because I wasn't brought up like that my dad is white my mum is black Caribbean and my my dad's message to us as children was hold your head up high you have nothing to be ashamed of absolutely but hold your tongue 
um, which is something I do say a lot to people is hold your tongue. But there is, I understand that message and I understand why I said that. You know, my dad's 87, it's a different generation. We lived, I grew up in Dorset. What, you know, Dorchester and Dorset is completely white. We were the only black kids in school. Um, but actually, you know, get, being in the mastermind on Monday, um, just an, everything that went on there. And it was so emotive, you know, all of everybody crying, I think, about 18 of us. Um, it just made me realize that actually, no, that isn't the right message to be silent anymore. That isn't the right thing. Um, so whilst I ask other people to speak out, I understand that it's taken me a long time to speak up. Um, so I can't force that on anyone else. I just hope that people will. And I have been really heartened by the amount of messages that I've had, you know, and, and somebody sent me a message yesterday. It was a video. Um, it was a businesswoman. She's um, got a, she's a fashion designer. And she sent me a video saying she just watched my video on my Facebook timeline. Uh, and she was just crying in this video. Uh, so emotional. It's very moving. Sam. Oh, well, it's, it's moving that all the messages I get. And, you know, I'll just give you another quick example is um, a lady that actually is a speaker coach. She's someone I, re I um, um, what's the word? <laughs> I respect, I respect her massively and she messaged me and sent me a really long, like about five little voice notes in Messenger just saying, you know, I watched your live and, um, oh my God, you've really got to be out there telling more of this. I didn't even know that, you, you know, she knows me quite well. So I didn't know this part of your story. You need to be out there sharing that and telling that. Um, and, but she also was saying that, look, I've got quite a mixed group of friends, black, white, gay, straight, whatever she said, but actually hearing what you shared actually has really woken me up. Um, you know, I have a deeper understanding. So even if you think that actually, yes, I've got loads of black friends or whatever, I've got a diverse group of people, you know, hearing people's stories and stuff like I shared and, and other women in the group and, and throughout Facebook and the world right now, um, can give us all a better understanding, I think, rather than us just trying to um, second guess it, I guess. You know, hearing people's real raw emotions and stories, storytelling is great. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm not, I'm not um, a political person. I'm not, I always mm. tend to look at the positives of life, you know. So for me, my mindset might have been that I wouldn't give that negative prejudice energy you know, I want to give it more energy by focusing on it. But now yeah. I do think to myself, no, it isn't enough for us to stay silent when you get a better understanding of what the situation has been for many people. And that it's, it's now gone on too long, hasn't it? For, the, for things yeah. like what's happening in the America, in the US at the moment, it's, it shouldn't, it just shouldn't. No, it shouldn't be like that, but it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not political, I'm not a radicalist, I'm not militant, I don't speak out, you know, it's funny because I went to, um, as it's my kid's birthdays yesterday, um, and my ex-partner is a bit like Shah. If anyone knows Shah, you know, Shah's going to stand up, she's going to stick a stake in the ground and she's going to tell you and she ain't going to let go. And my ex-partner is like that and we bear in mind we have two black Jamaican adopted children and she would be always the one when the kids were growing up she put her stake in the ground and she would not let anyone you know anything come past our door about you know to do with the children or any but any human being I was the one that's passive and quiet 
um, and, and, and didn't say anything because I have always been brought up like that. I forgot the point that I was going to get to about this. There was a reason I was so telling you that. talking about being political and... Yeah, um, so, and, and actually when we were stood, sat in the garden, so we had this little garden party for my daughter yesterday and she said about my video and everything, she said, you know what, it is so good to see you share some stuff like that and to open up and say stuff like that because you've never done that. You know, and I said, yeah, no, I'm not political. I don't like to get involved in political agendas or anything. Uh, and for me, it is a political issue, but it's a human issue. And I'm just speaking from my heart, from my experience. Uh, and, I, and I'm able to say, actually, do you know what? I've probably been hurting for a very long time. I felt, I've always felt uncomfortable. And, you know, so I heard Shola say that yesterday and that completely resonated with me, get, you know, you know, when you stand out, like grow, us growing up as kids in a white, in a, you know, where we lived, all white, or, you know, the school, every room I went into, I was very aware that I was the only black person, that my hair was different. And, you know, like my mum is very dark and, um, you know, I didn't want to be seen out with my mum and things like that. You know, I shared some of that on Monday and I think people hearing and trying to understand that, this is what's so good about this conversation because like literally the only experience i've had is uh we lived in east london for 12 years or my husband lived there for longer but i lived there for 12 years and lovely diverse um uh school that we went to and all rest of it and actually i did have conversations with some of the asian mums you know which i did i loved i mean you i'm like you sam i just love humans and i love hearing their story yeah we did have a conversation because funnily enough they had lived where I now live when they were growing up. And we did have a conversation where they were saying they were literally the two only Asian girls in the school. And they now, they had moved to East London and they said, it's just easier. It's easier living yeah. in a town where everybody is similar. You know, we all like, we all like being with people similar, don't we? There's a, there's a, a you know, I mean, hopefully now the world is, we can all be similar, but all different colours. I think it's still nice yeah. to have differences, isn't it? But um, yeah. at one time we took my son to an 11 plus exam and he was literally uh, the only white child in the room, which of course for a one-off, we could think it was, you know, we quite liked the fact that he did not notice at all. He didn't, it didn't come into the thing. What was worse was he was the only one wearing school uniform <laughs> compared to everybody else. It was a Saturday, so everyone else had come in their normal clothes and he was in school uniform, you know, and that's a tiny difference. So we, we can't understand when you say, you know, I've never heard somebody say, I've always felt uncomfortable. You know, I've never heard that. And that's a real eye opener for us. Mm. Sorry, you broke up a little bit then. I heard, what did you say before, uncomfortable? Um, I've never heard anyone say, um, I've, I've always felt uncomfortable. So yeah. It's tiring as well. It's, it's really, really tiring. Um, and obviously, I've always lived in predominantly white areas. You know, I was born in Dorchester. Um, I now live in Brighton. And Brighton is, you know, it's a bit, people always think it's quite multicultural. It isn't. You know, and I, I came here because of my children and um, actually they were, I think they were probably, they weren't the only black kids in school, but there weren't very many, um, you know, it's so, but I remember going to the Caribbean for the first time, which was in 1983 when I was 16, my mum took me, I'll never forget it. My mum hadn't been back to um, where she came from, which is Anguilla uh, in the Caribbean, British West Indies for, I think, 
about 30, 27, 30 years. So she hadn't seen her parents in that length of time. Um, and for me to be surrounded by black people was like, I was just like, I, the feeling and it was just, it was kind of weird and wonderful all at the same time because I just never experienced it. The only black people I saw was my mum and my sister and my brother. Um, so it was, a, it, it was kind of weird and wonderful all at the same time. Um, and I did end up going back a year or two later and spending a whole year there, um, which was good getting to know my family and a little bit about my culture. So that was good. But yeah, I guess because I live in such an environment that, um, and I grew up in an environment that was just, you know, white people everywhere. It just, it was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable being me. Um, and then as I grew up, you know, I'm gay. So growing up, I was black. I felt uncomfortable. And then I'm like, I'm gay. Oh my God, I'm really weird. Um, you know, <laughs> I felt, but being gay, you can hide. You can't hide being black, you know. No, but hiding something isn't comfortable either. No, and I've got this great talk within me, which I hope that's, that I'll write and I'll share maybe on a TEDx stage one day. And it's called The Great Pretender, because that's what my childhood was. I was pretending. I was pretending I was okay. Uh, you know, I was abused as a child as well. So I got, you know, so I was pretending everything was okay. That, you know, happy Joe, Joe, Joe. I was scared. I was scared to go to sleep at night. I was, you know, I used to put my ha my hands over my ears or pillow over my head. So my childhood was a was a pretense. Not, you know, my my parents are great. It's, you know, the abuse didn't come within the family. Um, um, and my parents are great. Don't get me wrong, but it was. So I have this talk I know about pretending because I was pretending everything was okay. And then when I got to teenage, I was pretending I wasn't gay. And then, you know, and that went right through into my early adulthood, you know, into my twenties. Um, so I, you know, and actually what's happening this week and what happened on Monday and sharing some of that, that's all part of that pretense and that story that I feel like needs to be told. But, you know, storytelling is great and it's really powerful. You know, I think Maya Angelou says, you know, you know, holding our stories within is, is agony, is, is really painful. And actually, Monday really made me think about that. And I think, but we all have stories. Now, you've got a story, you know, we've all experienced something and we can all tell a story in a really unique way that actually could change the life of maybe just one or two people, but it can yeah. be that powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, that is the point, isn't it? You know, I know that every time somebody comes out and says something, you know, mm. they get deluged with letters from people saying, thank you so much, you know, mm. I totally resonated with your story. Mm. That's the reason for sharing. And that's yeah. why we want people speaking on stages. We need women, we need black women speaking yeah. on stages to educate people who are different. And as you say, I've got a story, everyone's got a story. So the bigger picture is humans, being kind to humans, you know, it sort of harks back to the Caroline Flack thing. Yeah. And that brought up a conversation about female prejudice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's being kind to your fellow human and you haven't walked in their shoes. You don't, you know, I always think that's why everyone understood Nelson Mandela so well, because he had such a nice, gentle way of saying yeah. that poignant things didn't he whereas it's easy for people to shut off the noise of somebody shouting really loud or you know violent protests mm. that shuts a lot of people down my thing is we want to get that message out so how's it going to be heard the best and not yeah. only not 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 heard but understood yeah absolutely you know how is it going to be heard but the thing is you, you know from the black lives matter whole thing you know it's been going on for so long it's so generational 
Um, and you like, uh, you know, one thing that makes me really sad, Mandy, is that my mum's 83 and still has to see shit like this. That's mm -hmm. the one thing that makes me really, really sad, you know, because she came here in the 50s um, to be a nurse, to do good, to for you know, a job and a secure career. Um, and she didn't go back. She met my dad. Um, and they experienced, you know, my parents are very quiet, very stoic, so they don't talk a lot. And they, they have a lot within them that I'm sure that they've never shared with us. We never spoke about being black, our culture. My, you know, we just didn't. It's just, mm. I know that they did. You know, there was four people at the wedding and two of them was them, you know. I've read Floella Benjamin's biography, or yeah. um, I, don't, it's not, I don't know if it's her whole biography, but that bit of coming over from the Caribbean yeah. and in, in its most basic form we invited them over to England to yeah. our house so to speak and then we're rude to them yeah in exactly the basic form come to but, my party and I'm gonna yeah, and then I'm gonna ignore yeah. you yeah no, I mean I know that really simplifies it no, but it's true <laughs> they, they came over really excited about what was going to happen over here complete yeah. I mean what a massive life decision to make yeah. and then we treat them like shit <laughs> yeah exactly and we're still doing it you know and it's still happening and and, and uh, you know I know for some people that's hard to believe or to understand you know the, the you know just the different messages and the different comments that I've received this week it just you know for some people it's really you know somebody somebody said to me that um you know that the George George Floyd Floyd didn't die that's just all actors a friend of mine a friend of, and I'm like wow that's one conspiracy theory it's pretty massive isn't it you know with all the you know when you think who's all involved in all of that and I'm thinking that's a lot of actors yeah um, you know I you know I know we've all got our conspiracy theories and things like that but you know um but the yeah the different messages and stuff that I've just had this week and um you know people like well all you know getting messages of you know all lives matter and I'm like yeah I know that <laughs> not saying they don't <laughs> i'm just saying our house is on fire right now we could do with some help with putting it out yeah, um, yeah. another know. lovely analogy sam <laughs> yeah it is but it is isn't it it's like well your house is here my house is here mine's on fire but you're watering yours and not helping me yeah yeah but it's, it's very interesting and uh, interesting it's, it's more than freaking interesting it's horrible um um i see comments actually but sabrina saying wow denial um yeah. Um, See, you can always read the comments at the same time, can't you? At least yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I'm multitasking. I realised that I had you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm way past the stage of doing that many things all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I am so excited to see you talking more. And once we get back into real life situations, I'm going <laughs> to wait to be in the audience to listen. Well, I've got a lot, you know, I, got, I don't want to, you know, like I said, I'm not political um, and I, I won't ever be the one that's banging the loud, you know, speaking the loudest about Black Lives Matter. I've only just started speaking about it, like Monday, so give me a break, guys. Um, but, you know, I'm not political, but I haven't, you know, I don't have an agenda. I just want to speak from my heart and hopefully that it impacts somebody enough to think, actually think twice um, about how you say things or when you don't, more importantly, when you're silent to actually speak up and that's all i've implored any of my friends to do is actually if you don't know what to say or you don't know what to act, just say something rather than oh, nothing, you know, remain silent for too long 
you mentioning Sabrina as well, I'm sure she won't mind me saying that, you know, you and Sabrina and the other ladies in the group who spoke up, you've already influenced, you know, 20 people in that group, 20 mm. people. I know that I've spoken to my networking groups that I've had going on this week. I know other people have talked in their space as well along the lines of how we're saying, you know, it's a conversation, it's a kind conversation to bring understanding, that yeah. is the goal, understanding and educating people about how it is to be, to feel like that. Yeah. And yeah. then that brings understanding. So, you know, we need lots of people saying those messages. And also it's nice to have a difference in the message because, you know, I really relate to your your way of delivering your story i could listen to you all day um mm -hmm. other people you know that people resonate with them so it's you know it's a it's the thing that we all need to be talking more about isn't it, it is and i think that's the you know it's like so the friend that messaged me this thing about george floyd i i still haven't replied but actually I, at one point i was like well there's that friendship gone and then i was at the other point it was like well actually maybe i should just point my point of view across and then I'm you know and I'm flitting to think between what I should do about it because it's actually quite a good friend and sorry I think that's that is it that would be a missed opportunity yes and that's what that was what I was getting to I'm now at the point that it's actually I know that I have to have I can't just shut down the communication because I don't like what she said you know she obviously is entitled to an opinion and her perspective but if I if I just if I just go well that's it we're not friends anymore, what's it, what am I going to achieve by that? I have to open the dialogue. Yeah, and the thing is that is a conversation. Much worse the people that ignore that are ignoring all of it and not even interested in the conversation. So I mean I, I think you've probably had this before where you're in a room and people are asking you what you do and you say you're a coach and there's somebody who sort of comes back at you to to tell you all the negative things about coaching and how it wouldn't work nine times out of ten they're the person i end up working with because <laughs> they they want you to persuade them different they might not know it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always think to myself well you're putting quite a lot of objections in the way so you must want me to, yeah. to enter into a dialogue with you for that and so hopefully yeah. we can do it like that as well and definitely open up the conversation so let's go so what's coming up in the next couple of weeks for you um next couple of weeks well i've been invited to go back on to bbc radio sussex to an evening show which is good i look forward to that so hopefully hopefully that's gonna be in the next couple of weeks um i'm doing my most important thing i'm doing is that i'm running a five-day challenge so i'm running a five-day free a free challenge free five-day uh, find your mojo challenge so it's five days to find any mojo uh, it starts on the 15th of june it's absolutely totally free doesn't cost any money um, and it's basically for people who are feeling a bit stuck, um, lacking some direction right now. I mean, I had, I've had two people message me yesterday saying, I don't feel like I've lost my mojo. I just feel like it could do with a boost. So yeah. maybe you need a boost or maybe you feel like you've lost your mojo. This is for you. We're going to get you from stuck uh, and motivated by the end of the week to taking some action um, and making some progress. Um, so that starts on the 15th of June. You can sign up to that um, at my website. I mean, if you just go to my website, sam-adams.com, uh, a pop-up will, will pop up. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you can go to sam-adams.com forward slash mojo 
um, and then you'll see a little video and a little bit of blurb. But um, yeah, so that's happening. And then during that um, week of my Mojo Challenge, I will be opening the doors to my um, real life club, which the doors are currently shut. So that's like my membership uh, mentoring coaching group. Um, it's not open at the moment. So I'm going to be opening it literally just for five days. And that opens on the 17th of June. So midweek of the, of the challenge. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's probably where my focus is. And it's my birthday on the 18th of June. So um, yeah, oh, yeah, I, made, I haven't made it there yet, but nearly, um, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically so the exciting things to fit in before then but um i think anyone who has listened to you and listened to this chat you know it and wants to hear more of that definitely connect with you on facebook yeah, and i think it's very obvious that you are an ex an expert in real life aren't you? <laughs> you've, you've had a lot of stuff go on and, yeah, uh, well, I think a lot of people have, though, aren't they, you know, but actually it's using that for, um, I think one of the biggest things that comes from me is resilience, um, you know, obviously being abused, growing up black in a white society, um, being gay and struggling with all of that. I have two adopted children with extra needs, you know, business, I've been ripped off in business for a hundred grand, I'm still here fighting um, and I'm still in business 20 years later. So all of that. Um, whilst it was hard and challenging, actually it's given me a whole ton of resources um, that I can help and share other people's that, you know, so that they don't go out and make mistakes that maybe that I've made or they can learn from, from some of the lessons that I'll, I will share um, in my mentoring. But and, I definitely uh, think there's a book inside you, Sam, isn't there? Do you know, so um, a couple, I have got a name for my book. Have you? Um, what is it? Uh, it's called um, Abused, Confused, But Still Amused. <laughs> why did i think it would be anything other than brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i've had that title probably 20 years and i still ain't written the book <laughs> really well sam as your support coach in the mastermind <laughs> i think i might be i think i know where we're going after yeah. this. i do actually for the first time probably although i've had the title i've always just thought i can't write a book i can't write a book i'm actually now turning that bit of a corner and thinking I can write a book. I think I can. Oh I my goodness. I, well, I most definitely know that you can. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to be where my focus is going fairly shortly on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam, I could talk to you all day. Yeah, uh, and I can't Thank wait you. when we actually meet up in person and uh, be able to um, enjoy more musings <laughs> of what's yeah, going on. It'll be, be great when we can all meet up finally and um, yeah, hug. Wouldn't it be nice to hug people? Oh, yeah, I know. You're probably like me. I am a hugger. You I'm know. a hugger, yeah. Lockdown. Somebody said to me the other day, God, you must be really struggling. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is your husband stepping up to the plate? Come on. No, not enough. He's not as much of a hugger as me. I'm um, my 15-year-old niece to do it. Luckily, my sons, my two sons are quite good huggers, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's very difficult. I've, even, I've got, also, I've got a friend who doesn't like physical contact at all, really. And she said it's a joy <laughs> that people don't come, <laughs> don't come, you know, that I've actually stopped lurching at her. <laughs> yeah, I've got a friend like that. There's, there, there's a there's sort of quite a little knit group that I'm in and there's like five, five or six of us. And we're all quite huggy except for one of them. And she's like, she don't do hugging. She's like, you go to her and she's sort of like, oh. No, so she's loving it, yeah. 
Yeah, we, do, we definitely fall into two different camps, don't we? This no. friend um, told me, like after I'd known her about six or seven years, I'd been hugging her quite relentlessly <laughs> for that period of time. Did you not feel and the yeah, resistance? Well, you know, but I'm not put off by that, Sam. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I can win them round. <laughs> Turns out I can't. <laughs> I'm reading the comments, because um, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Sabrina's, uh, you have such a strong voice on this, very engaging, and I'm sure you already impacted others. Thank you, Sabrina, oh. that's lovely. Siobhan's parents came over here in the 70s. Yeah, and there was signs to meet them. No blacks, no Irish, and no dogs. Awful, yeah. And Siobhan, well. that's it, you've got this. Yeah, thank you, Siobhan. It looks like I am writing the book. Mandy's gonna be my coach, I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to read it. I want to read it. Yeah. You have got away with words, woman. You know, you have. I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that about me. And normally, like, you swear a lot. I'm like, sorry. No, you have got away with words. We need to hear more. But anyway, it's been lovely. You have got the prize for the longest Find Out Friday I've done. Sorry. sorry. No, not apologise. I literally, you know, I'm aiming for more like a this morning format that we just go on okay. all morning. I could talk all morning. I mean, you the radio is just, it's just like. Should we start never, a show? Should we, should we start a radio show? Somebody messaged me, uh, a lady, um, a businesswoman, I don't know her that well, but she messaged me after my little seven minutes on BBC Sussex on Saturday. And they said, I really love it. I just heard you on the radio. It was really, really good. You should have your own show, she said. You know what, though? You'd be really good at that because a friend of mine, Carmel, who is runs a photography business, but she is a superb businesswoman. She's taken it to much bigger levels than normal um, just wedding photos or anything like that. And she um, had her own radio show for a while and this is why you'd be superb at it not only are you brilliant at talking but you have to do a million things all at the same time all right yeah i'm not always good at multitasking to be honest well, you do the comments and talking and riding a bike at the same time so when i went i went in to be interviewed by her and you don't think i'd love to talk all day on a radio show but i absolutely could not do all of that stuff you know yeah. the other day you called me out because we were on a Zoom, weren't we? And I had um, a lot of noise going on. The yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to message somebody. <laughs> to say, Could you shut up the noise? And Sam was like, "Mandy, you're not even listening to me." <laughs> I was like, "Sam, I'm not. I can't, I can't do two things at the same time." You were sort of like this. You were frozen. You're like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> what's going on?" Anyway, it's been lovely talking to you, my darling, and I will speak to you very, very soon. Have my a fantastic weekend. Pleasure. And I know that you'll be very inspiring to lots of people. So I would say get on Sam's challenge. I'm going to be on it as well. Yeah. And uh, think about joining the Real Life Club because I think it yeah, be special. that would be great. We're going to do our Zoom thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the new Zoom wave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank See you, you Bye. 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 Bye.